Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I am joined by my friend and local, local seller, Kay. You may know her as Passports and Pizza Pies on YouTube and Instagram. And uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that uh, we have experienced in our reselling journey, and that is how to resell and work full time and try to create boundaries and however consuming reselling life can be. And then once you create those boundaries, what type of healthy habits can you put into your life to kind of keep the madness at bay? Um, this is something that uh, Kay and I have had to learn <laughs> over the last few years. So we are excited to talk about it. I think it's a great time to start talking about it because we're heading into the new year. You might be reevaluating things. So we will dive right into it. We will see you at the table. Hi, Kay. Welcome. Hi. Welcome Glad back to be here. To the Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> this is uh, your second time here. So welcome back. We Thank love you. having repeats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Because some people may not have listened to your episode yet from uh, two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah, the, the plushies. Yeah. Yes, that was two years ago. And listen, people love that episode. <laughs> well, I'm glad that people liked it. Yes. Um, yep. So I'm Kay of Passports and Pizza Pies on YouTube, Instagram, all the things. Um, I am a single mom to a wonderful 14-year-old daughter. She's um, the best. This, she is. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Um, she recently got diagnosed this summer with type 1 diabetes. So that's been a little bit of, you know, an adjustment period. But other than that, I've been reselling um, part-time in addition to my full-time income since 2018. So I'm about a little over five years in. Um, yeah. And Daniela's probably my closest friend <laughs> and I love running into her in thrift stores and just hanging out with her in it's general. So. so random because we don't <laughs> plan it. <laughs> no. Yeah. The last time I saw Kay, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Kay. Yep. No, that's definitely Kay. <laughs> yep. Like, we don't, unless we're planning a trip to a thrift store together, like it doesn't happen. And people must think like in Rhode Island, you run into people all the time and you do. They're but small. It's never intentional. It's not like, I could also be in the same place as Kay and not see her. <laughs> yeah. And have no idea. She just happened to be in my area that day. I know. I was in your hood that day. You were, you were. It's okay. A lot of people have been going that way. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. There's nothing there anyway. Um, <laughs> So, Kay, you've been resettling for how long now? Uh, a little over five years, five and a half at the and end of this year. When you started reselling, like, what did that look like for you? What were the reasons why you started to do it? And then we'll kind of take it from there. Um, so reasons why I started, I've always pretty much had a side hustle as, you know, an, a young adult human person. Uh, because I just, I like money and I like to do things with that money and my job, I've been here at this job under different names due to acquisitions and such, but I've been here for 18 years as of September of this year. Um, so I've been around for a while, but it's always nice to have extra funds so that I can use that as play money. I, uh, wanted to also buy a house in the next couple of years. So that was another reason why I started. But yeah, I've always had a side hustle. I drove for Uber. I was a personal trainer for a little bit of time. But 
yeah, I just, I like the supplemental income. And to be honest, it's surprising that I got into reselling and have stuck with it this long because I have addictive personality and don't tend to stay with things for a long period of time. And also I'm not the most fashionable person. I basically live in leggings and Neither oversized I. sweats. <laughs> Neither am I, but people assume that, like, because I like fashion, that, like, I'm super fashionable. If you saw me on a daily basis, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> As you can attest to when you run into me randomly in thrift stores yeah. when if I'm in you your area. If you in person, you would know. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I, you know, as a single parent, I just wanted extra, extra money so that we could live a little bit more comfortably. I think that's why a lot of us who work full-time get into reselling, right? It's, it's helpful to have that extra income. It's helpful to, for whatever reason, right? For, for me too, it was saving up to buy a house, pay off some debts, like get things rolling to get to that next step. Um, But then somewhere along the line, reselling is addictive, like you said but it's addictive to a different way. Like I have started and stopped hobbies over the years, whether it was making jewelry or whatever, like it was fun, but then uh, you get sick of it and you don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, with reselling, it's almost like there's, it's a, it's never ending. There's always more. It's all consuming. So it is. And it's so hard to create that separation because first of all, what other kind of businesses that your investment is so small and your profits can be so big, right? Mm-hmm. And it that's the addictive part of it where it's like, oh, I could totally do this and make a killing on it. And then we, we start to realize as you go, you don't realize it at first. I, I would say probably year three and a half or so is when I started to realize like, oh, this is like- How much work? This is a lot. The first year, you're learning so much that you don't even- Notice it. No. And you don't process it that way because it's fun. Like- thrifting is fun and the the processing the inventory is fun and the listing it like the whole thing because it's so new is so fun and then year two it's like I'm you know, I'm either growing and things are going great or I gotta like maybe I go a different way and I start sourcing something else I'm kind of like dabbling all these different things until I figure out what part of reselling I like and then all of a sudden year three hits and you're like oh there's there's like there's things that come with this that I was not prepared for that now I'm in and I don't know how to get out. It is. Mm-hmm. I'm in it now. I'm stuck yeah, here. Yeah, like, like I'm set in stone in. And I, and not that I want to be out of it, but it's like finding the balance, especially, you know, you are a single mom and you have a full-time job. And it's finding that balance of, okay, I have a daughter that I need to take care of, make sure she's good, do all the mother things, right? But then I also have a job that I need to attend to during the day that requires a lot of our attention and I'll, we'll get into the, how reselling can kind of affect our full-time jobs because it definitely affected me in the beginning as well. I'm sure it affected mm-hmm. you. Sure um, did. But then there's this really cool thing that you get to work on that also requires a lot of time. It's all those fun things that we used to do before we started reselling just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, there's no, there's no time. There's no right. work-life balance. It's just work all the time. All the time. And it and it never ends because reselling never shuts off. It's right. not an on-off button. It's not like a, a brick and mortar where you've got a group of people behind you who are taking care of things. And like, there's a customer service line. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Like, no, that's, it's all you when you're running a solo reselling business. And uh, I think 
I think we can we can get into the whole when you have a full-time job and then you resell and you're so addicted to it, how it affects your full-time job. You can't focus on your full-time job. Mm-mm. It's all you think about. It's all you want to do. You're constantly checking the app. You're constantly looking at offers. You're constantly doing whatever it is that you need to be doing. You want to be outsourcing. You want to be listing. Like in the beginning, it is a very hard balance because you're so excited about this thing. I know I personally struggled with it. I don't know if you want to share with everyone how you struggled with it. Um. Yeah. So like, like we've been saying, it's kind of all consuming. Um. So Having a full time job, I've basically been like breaks, using my breaks to work on reselling. So I, I'll list a few during a fifteen minute break, or I don't relist, but I guess I could technically be doing that too. I'm working on my bookkeeping in the morning when you know the phones at my job are not on, so I can kind of get away with doing multitasking at the same time. So working on my full time job and working on reselling. Um, without it really affecting too much, but it's definitely a struggle because like you said, reselling is always on. There's always something to be doing. You could be doing bookkeeping. You could be doing photographs. You could be listing. You could be relisting. You could be sending out offers. You could be processing the thrift store items that you just got. You could be, you know, working on your inventory storage or a million other things. So there's literally always something you could be doing that is related to reselling versus a full-time job where at least in my case, I work from 6.30 to three. And then after that, that's it. I shut my computer off. I turn off the sound. So I'm not bothered by emails. And, you know, there's a definite on and off period for that. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. I, I always, every break that I had was spent on reselling in the beginning. So my, um, our lunch break was always to be at a local thrift store that was close by always mm-hmm. because I wanted to find the things. But then when, and my 15 minute breaks were the same thing. I was sending offers. I was doing whatever I had to do. This is before I had a bot. I would have to share on my phone. I mean, manually I share, yep. I share my phone. So that's why I did my 15 minute breaks. Um, then when and, I got, and that was before they had the you could share everything at one time exactly so it was now even more time right, consuming. now if I want to shut my computer off for whatever reason I can just share my phone by having the new feature that they have on Poshmark so that's easy um but then it was after work and I could go to the thrift store after work it's not far from where I work so I could drive five minutes up the road and go to the thrift store and spend an hour or two in there and then what get home at six o'clock at night, make dinner and like the night's over. There's, yeah. And then, but then I'm so excited about the things that I found. This is the days where we can find things very easily. <laughs> the days of there. past. <laughs> yeah, this is not modern day. Um, and you would, um, I would immediately go upstairs or wherever I was at the, the apartment at the time, I immediately go in the bedroom and I would start processing the inventory. I would photograph, I would get the things listed. It was like, there, there was so much excitement around it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, it got to the point where I started to realize that I 
I can't do this all the time the way that I am. It's not healthy, number one, to have like that much of an addiction towards it. Even yeah, it's not manageable. No, it's not. And then did it affect my full-time job in terms of work performance? No, but I didn't want to be at my full-time job. I wanted to be outsourcing. I wanted to take a day off and go sourcing. I didn't want yep. to be at my full-time job because that was more fun to me and it was a great distraction from life, right? And um, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure other people have dealt with the same thing that are full-time and I just... And Liv just walked in. So hi, Liv. Um, so, <laughs> so I can't, um, I, I don't, I don't know people who are just full-time sellers do it all because at least the full-time job, you have a block of time where you have, you have to dedicate to work because it pays your mortgage, right? Like that, that's kind of like for me and you, that's full-time work, mortgage, health insurance. Pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Right. It pays all the bills that I need. So I don't know how a full-time seller who really doesn't have those breaks unless they're formulating them into their schedule which is really hard to do how are you doing it like I'm always amazed by full-time sellers that they're able to create this type of schedule where they have an on-off switch but I also know a lot of them that don't and they don't know how to stop yeah and I don't I don't know if there's a solution to that I just think really what it comes down to and one of the things we want to talk about is creating boundaries and Something that can I've always had in common is that, and we actually had mutual, we have mutual friends, is we were really big in the gym community. And um, that was something that we were also obsessive about. And we can, I can, I can say that I'm very open about how obsessive I was with, with the gym. Um, yep. I loved it. It was my life. It was like, I can't explain, I can't put into words when you find a community in a gym that just gets it. And mm-hmm. you are so hooked no matter what you do, that's where you want to be. And that's kind of what happened with reselling. It kind of took that gym part and it got replaced with reselling. And it was probably a blessing in disguise when like I, like I look back because um, there was a lot that had been going on in my life at that time. And I had gotten hurt in a competition. It was in a car accident. Like There's all these different things that kind of happened that led me to kind of stray a little bit away from the gym. And the group of people that um, I was originally with the gym, just the, the gym started taking a turn. It just wasn't for me anymore. Basically I yeah. had to find a new gym family. And if you've ever been the gym, the workout, it's gym, hard to find. Duty, it's very difficult. Yes. It mm-hmm. is so hard to find a gym family that meshes with you. When you find it, you never want to let it go. Um, so I really didn't do much of any of working out or powerlifting or anything for a long time because then COVID happened. And what was I doing besides walking? Like there wasn't yeah, much. I mean, every the stores were closed. It's not like we could go thrifting for right. products to sell. So yeah, it and, was either online or not at all. Mm-hmm. So then when 2020 happened, I think that's when I started to realize there was this thing that I really loved that I did all the time that I just haven't done in the last two years because of reselling. And I want to get myself back into it, but I need to, again, create a healthy boundary with working out because it was not healthy. It's easy to get carried away. Absolutely. Especially when you just like you crave it. I can't, if you have ever been in that bodybuilding, powerlifting, CrossFit realm, you crave that adrenaline that comes with it the same way 
resellers crave going to the thrift store and finding the most amazing piece and like it you, you want to go back right it's the same thing it's such a dopamine rush so i slowly started to like go for walks around the apartment building and go to the apartment gym and you had to like sign in and you can only go a certain times whatever you know the gym to yourself but like slowly doing little things to kind of bring me back to normal i guess is the way that i could say it um but it really made me realize like I have dropped so much out of my life because of this one thing that became a hobby that makes me extra money has just consumed me. Yeah. Can you speak to everyone about, you know, we have very similar workout backgrounds, but, um, and how that's kind of gone astray for you as well. But as of late, it has not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I started out my fitness journey back in like 2011 mm. and I was doing OCR. So obstacle course racing, if you're unfamiliar with the term, so, so basically Spartan race, tough mutter, yes. all of those. Okay. I and never did a tough mutter, but I always appreciated people who did it. I never did a tough mother mutter either, but that's the one that most people know besides yeah. Spartan races. Um, and that also became an addiction at one point, And it was pretty much like in every other weekend, I was traveling to a race. I went all over the country. I've flown to like Vegas to do races, all of that. And then I had a boyfriend at the time who was really into that community as well. That's how we met. And then he was a bodybuilder. So that's how I kind of naturally segued into the bodybuilding community. And I started going to the gym regularly and I loved it. I mean, I even became a personal trainer part-time uh, for a little over a year. Um, but then after I became a personal trainer, I dropped the boyfriend. That was a blessing. But um, <laughs> after the personal training thing, it started to become too much like a job. And then I stopped loving it so much, um, which is kind of why I'm surprised that I've stuck with reselling so much because now it's not really so much as I'm excited to go out and thrift. It's a job, but I still stick with it. Um, but in any case, like the end of 2017, I want to say I completely stopped going to the gym. I had started hiking because I was getting ready to go to Peru and we were hiking to Machu Picchu. It was like a four day trek. And then when I came home, no, no gym membership. I canceled all of my stuff and I just was a couch potato. Basically, I didn't do a thing. Um, and then this year I decided that it was time to be a little bit selfish and do something for myself, for my own health, because, you know, I have a young child and I want to be around for her as long as physically possible. And I know that if I don't do something, that's not going to be as likely to happen. And, you know, a lot of it with the gym thing, besides it being like work, it was, I didn't want to take time away from spending time with my child when she was, you know, in her formative years growing up. It's, it's a really hard thing to manage as a parent. Um, but this year I went on Facebook marketplace and I searched high and low for a good used Peloton and I found one. And I sold, I came with a bunch of accessories and I sold a bunch of them to kind of recoup my money. And my work gives me a slight discount, very slight discount on the monthly membership, oh. but it's the best thing, the best investment I ever made for myself. Um, I've lost 20 pounds this year. I'm super excited about it. Um, I still have more to lose, but I am excited that I've lost 20 pounds and kind of found that love for it again, because it doesn't feel like I have to do it. It's just something that I want to do. 
it's so when you come from the bodybuilding powerlifting background there's a lot of like mandatory discipline and routine that has to exist especially if you're competing did you ever compete yes you mm-hmm. did. so you know um there's strict regimens that have to be put in place when you're competing whether it's food whether it's the workouts all of it and it is a job there there's when you go the competing route it is absolutely a job and it it takes up four to five hours of your night or morning depending on when you're going or if you have the luxury going in the middle of the day uh a, a good workout session for me when i was powerlifting was two to three hours that yep, was like same. i felt like i could get everything in in two to three hours if i was only there for an hour i couldn't do what i had to do i could only do the major lifts and then i was out right but that didn't help me when it came to competition i had to do all the other the other things yeah, um, plus there's so much else that goes into it you know like right. meal prep and supplements and all of that too it's, so it's so expensive on top of it it creates such an unhealthy relationship with exercise and body image and everything else but i can't speak to bodybuilding because i've never went into that world but in the powerlifting community i do think it's a little bit different where body image is looked at in a different light. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like as the years have gone on, powerlifting is kind of emulating what bodybuilding has always done, where it's like you have to look a specific way. Um, yeah. But when I was in powerlifting, it didn't matter what you look like. It didn't matter what your weight was. It was all about how much can you lift? What is, what is your body capable of doing? Um, I had to step away from that. And that was really hard. And reselling helped. Reselling was my therapy from A, losing my dad and B, the getting away from powerlifting because it wasn't healthy for me anymore. When I finally decided I wanted to go back into working out, so for you it was getting the Peloton. For me, I was like, I don't know what the hell I have to do because all I want to do is lift. That's what really makes me happy. But I was trying to control my autoimmune numbers. I knew that I was going to be going on this fertility journey and it required me to do so many different things that I wasn't too keen on but oh well mm-hmm. you have to do it Daniela basically so I really just stuck with walking for a really long time because I found that that was the only thing that I felt like I could get a workout do some hills I felt like I was still working muscle groups I needed to work I could still work on my core like all the important things that when you're lifting that you want to focus on and it didn't take up too much of my time so I could still have enough time after work before work between reselling like there was always time available. I have thankfully uh, learned that it is okay to not lift weights <laughs> and it is okay yep. to just use your body weight and it is okay to just do some stretching and maybe only go for a 15 minute walk and only do half a mile instead of going for two or three miles. Or take a 15 minute Pilates class or do some yoga just right. so you're moving and not exactly. just sitting still. And this actually came up in our Patreon call last night with our group where one of the individuals was talking about, you know, exercise and how difficult it is because when you're a mom and you have kids and you're like, you work, you're reseller, like, well, how am I supposed to do it? Do it all working out. It's last on my list. And I couldn't even believe this came out of my mouth, but it was, but I was like, well, you should just work on like intentional grounding, like go outside and ground yourself, put your bare feet on the ground and like, look up at the sun, go for a quick five minute, 10 minute walk. And like, that's, that's still exercise. Daniela five, six years ago would have never said that. I would have said, pick up a barbell and call it a day. Like, let's go, lift some weights. But like, the reality is 
meditative states and stretching and all that, that's still exercise. So if you're a reseller, yeah. you're like, okay, cool. I would like to work out, but like, there's just too many things that I need to do in a day, whether it's the kids and school and whatever else, plus reselling. I say, you just need five to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. that's it. five to 10 minutes. And it creates, especially if you do in the morning, it just sets the tone for the day. For the rest of the day. And if reselling is your full-time gig, well, now you've like, you have gotten yourself into a place, you've moved your body, you've stretched, whatever it is. Um, I recommend YouTube for those who don't want to pay for anything, go to YouTube, type in whatever it is that you want to work on. Maybe you want a, um, like a 10 minute stretching exercise. It's on YouTube. Maybe you want to do beginners yoga for 15 minutes. It's on YouTube. Everything is on YouTube and it's free. So go to YouTube before you yep. venture out into spending money on classes and everything else just that 10, 15 minutes. And then eventually you can grow on it. But I think that's like the number one boundary that all resellers need to put into their life is find a few minutes in your day to just be with yourself and and help your body feel good. Because how shitty do we all feel when you have been at the (laughs) all day or sourcing all day and you're hungry and you're tired and now you've got this huge pile of things and you've got a process and you've got a list you're not taking care of your body. You can't be good at what you're doing because like you don't feel good. So how can you be good at what you're doing? You don't yeah. know you have to take care of yourself also. Yeah, exactly. Or don't process it when you get home. How about you don't do that? <laughs> and you just, you just go home and you take yep. a shower and you relax and you like, you eat. Read a book for 15 minutes. Yeah. I, I think that, that was a very hard lesson because we both kind of did the same thing. Gym community dropped it, reselling. It was like, there's no break in between. And it's the same thing. Just you're doing different tasks. Different tasks. Yeah. So. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think that was probably the biggest shift for both of us. Um, now with you, you have Liv and Liv's a teenager, but regardless, still requires mom time. Doesn't matter. How hard is it working full time, providing for a family and then selfishly wanting to work on reselling, but knowing that you have to spend that time with your child. So that's, it's extremely hard to answer your immediate yeah. question. Um, but that's why I've kind of not fallen off because obviously I'm still reselling, but that's why I've kind of sta- taken a couple steps back in that regard this year. Um, so like with YouTube and everything, I was doing thrift hauls every single Friday from the beginning of the year until like the summer. Um, and it just got to be too much because I felt like I constantly needed to go to the store and source more items so that I could have stuff to put out a video for. And after everything that happened this summer with my daughter and her health, I just had to be like, Hey, this is not it. This is not the life that you want. 
you need to kind of step back and reevaluate things. And so I changed it to now it's every two weeks, I'll do a haul on YouTube. And I don't feel like I need to go to the thrift store every time I was going to the thrift store every Thursday and Friday when she was with her dad after work, I'd go to the thrift store, both days, every single week. And I'd spend a couple hours at the thrift store. So now it's more of a, I will take my lunch break and I will do my workout. I will still list or photograph, you know, either after work or in during my other 15 minute breaks from work. But, you know, especially so in the summer when she's home and not in school, because during the school year, she's at school while I'm working. She gets home maybe like an hour before I'm done with my shift at work. And then we hang out with each other. So unless she's got homework or something, and then I'll do a couple things, but I don't want to be having to feel like I still need to do my workout and do all this reselling stuff on top of it when I could be spending valuable time with her instead. So it's been hard to balance that, but I feel like I've finally nailed that down in the last couple of weeks, actually. So I think a lot of it too is we get stuck in our own routines. And breaking them is so hard. Um, something has to happen in our lives. So for you, it was, you know, Liv's diagnosis and everything. Um, that makes us really step back and be like, okay, like, what's more important here? Me yeah. spending this time going to the thrift store on X, Y, and Z days? Or is it being present, right? And spending that time with it could be your spouse it could be whoever it could be your mom whoever it is right your cat I mean it doesn't matter (laughs) yourself who it is (laughs) (laughs) I mean the good thing for me is at least now uh, not so much when I first started reselling but now she likes to thrift because she gets you know unique clothing that no one else at school is going to have so that's time that I can spend technically doing work as in reselling I'm sourcing but I'm also spending time with her at the same time Um, so that's been nice, uh, versus before where I felt like I was taking time away from spending time with her because I had to go to the thrift store. So I would kind of just try to save it for times that she was spending time with her dad. Um, so that it kind of didn't overlap like that, but yeah, other than that, I, I kind of just want to spend time with her versus doing literally anything else. I also, <laughs> because sometime at some point I'm not going to be able to do those things or she's going to be off on her own and, you know, not at home. And I'd rather save working on reselling or growing my business or whatever else for that time, which is only a few years away. So it's really not that far. I know it's true. She's almost at that age and that's crazy. Um. I wanted to touch on the YouTube thing. So I loved YouTube when I first started doing it, but man, what a commitment. And yes. I don't know what possessed all of us to get into it, but <laughs> it is a commitment that I just can't keep. Sorry. Um, don't I blame you. Because I was going through other things, right? Health wise in my life that it just, something had to give at that point, And that was the easiest one to let go. Um, the podcast is something that's harder to let go because it's the community that it's built and I enjoy it. It's just different. Having conversations with people is very different and meeting very unique people. Um, but YouTube, I don't know. Will I ever get back to it? Maybe. But I think like you reselling for me has really changed this year and, um, priorities have changed obviously. And I think I have found 
a balance where I'm okay with not putting the same amount of work into reselling. I'm still making what I need to make for myself. I'm not surpassing and I'm okay with that. Um, I don't think anyone's really surpassing this year anyway. So we can kind of like nix this year to begin with. <laughs> um, but there comes a time. And I think a lot of us who kind of started in that 2017, 2018 timeframe, who kind of hit that five, six, seven year mark have all kind of been going through the same thing this year where people are pulling back or people are stopping the way they were doing things or they're doing less content or they're not doing any content or they're not reselling at all anymore. And they're just focusing on something else that's, um, you know, maybe it is content creation. Maybe it's uh, being more creative. Maybe it's, um, you know, some people have gone the route of like designing clothing. I mean, there's all these different things that people can do. Or some people have gone back to the workforce that were full-time sellers. So I, I do think it's interesting to see how many of us that kind of started around the same time are kind of going through the same process. Um, and maybe it happens, but we're noticing it because a big group of us are kind of doing it all at the same time. Right. I don't know. And is it just in the Poshmark community? Is it happening in the eBay community? I would assume it's happening all over the place. I don't see it as much with eBay. Um, but to be fair, on that same token, I do know quite a few resellers. They're all men um, that were strictly eBay. Um, and they've actually expanded into Poshmark this year. So that's interesting. been interesting for me to see. Yeah. That's very interesting because that crossover never happened how many yeah I started on Poshmark right I mean I just don't I you don't hear men coming into Poshmark so for men to want to come into Poshmark it's it's got to be rough on eBay too yeah but I think it's I mean, there's so many factors, right? It's it's rough everywhere. Just it's rough in yeah. the world in 2023. <laughs> rough every single place. So, yeah, I think I think those are the two. Uh, the biggest thing that we've had to do this year is kind of pull back in general and figure out um, what's important and how important is reselling to us. And it is important. I don't want people to think that reselling is not important. We we still do it. We just do it a totally different way than we did when we first yeah. started but it took us years to get here to figure that out yeah like I love going on sourcing trips but man I don't really feel like it like it's fun but then there's I think it's gotten so hard that okay we could drive the hour and a half right and we can go into a different state but what's the guarantee of me spending this money you're gonna find anything Right. And then I'm going to find anything that's even worth my time. There is no guarantee. Which is why I kind of reprioritized how I did sourcing this year. And I started going to the bins once a month because yes, it's an hour away, but I always know that I'm going to find something there and the cost will not be too bad. Right. So that's been a huge help in my reselling business. So yes, I'm not going to probably surpass what I did last year, monetary wise, like as far as profits are concerned, but it's a lot more manageable for me because yeah. I don't feel like I go to the bins once a month. I get a whole bunch of stuff. I think I got close to 50 items when I just went oh, a nice. couple of weeks ago. Um, so that's enough to last me for a while at the rate that I have been yeah. listing things. <laughs> yeah. But that's I, a different topic stuff. for another day. <laughs> I have stuff sitting that on my rack and I don't have a lot of stuff on my rack. I maybe have 30 pieces at most, but there's four pieces in that have been on that rack since June. Like that's how motivated I am to list guys. I have since things June. from like the first 
the first quarter of 2023 that I still haven't listed because if I'm just not excited about it, I'm going to take my sweet time to get it listed. <laughs> yeah. And, so I mean, I had you to sell different things than yeah. me too. Like we sell some stuff that's similar, but Kay ventures into different things that I, I don't. So your sourcing is very different than mine. Your sourcing yeah. could be more eclectic where mine is so spe- specific that it's maybe, and that's maybe, maybe part of the reason why it's helped me to pull back the way that I have so dramatically without feeling like a failure. I hate to even use that word, but it's very easy to feel that way. Um, like when I look at my, speaking of book, bookkeeping, when I look at my numbers, I'm like, oh, wh- what are you doing? This is disgusting, Daniela. Like you are so so far behind the last two years (laughs) but I have to remind myself that the numbers from 2020 to 2022 are also super inflated and not realistic and I completely understand that because people were home and people were getting money in their pay you know in their pockets that couldn't go anywhere so they went online and went shopping right so it it was it's just and bookkeeping (laughs) it's (laughs) It it uh it makes me sad when I look at it. But anyway, um It makes me sad too. So relatable. You, <laughs> yeah. Can you share with people what you what you source and how how you've been able to refine your sourcing so that you have more time to do other things that you want to do? Like we enjoy eating. So like when can I go sourcing? It's like, okay, we're gonna source for X amount of time, but but then we need food. Where can we go to eat food that's yeah, nearby? Like, everything's centered around like <laughs> food and things we're going to do after we source. So how have you perfected your sourcing so that you have time to do other things, whether it's with live or, or just for yourself? Um, so, you know, when I was on your podcast before I did the episode about plushies, um, I regret to say that I don't really do much plushies (laughs) anymore because they take up too much room. Um, and especially so with like squishmallows and I'm not telling anyone don't pick them up because they do still sell, but they just weren't selling for me. And I literally had a whole, I think it's 16 foot shelf that I just had installed in my laundry room this year. And I had one whole shelf and then part of another one. Um, I'm not good at math. That's what, like 24 feet. And it was all full of squishmallows that just weren't selling. So luckily for me, I also sell locally at an antique mall in Rhode Island. Um, so I was able to move them there and got rid of almost all of them. So I only have like a small amount left, but I don't really source plush anymore unless I see something like at the bins. It's different because you can get away with stuff at the bins. It was, and I just, oh, I, the, the return on investment just isn't there for me when I'm trying to source better and smarter. It just didn't make business sense in that regard. So like I, I just went to the bins, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, I got one plushie. Um, I did find a couple of squishmallows and I gave them to my friend that I had gone to the bins with and she gave them to her daughters for first dibs. So I'm still finding them. I just don't pick them up as much, but um, what I really sell the most and where I go first in any thrift store besides the bins, cause you can't really change <laughs> what you get right. there. Um, but it's active wear all day, every day. Um, you know, coming from a fitness background, I guess you could say, I I know the brands to look for. I know what I personally like to work out in, what brands uh, do well, what brands are better quality um, besides just, you know, Lululemon, which everybody knows. But so I go there first, then I go, um, it's, 
it depends on the day, either shoes or jeans, because jeans, my ASP is higher with jeans. Um, so I've had a lot of good luck there. And if Burlington keeps donating new with tag Levi's <laughs> to my thrift stores, then I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> um, shoes haven't been great in the last, I don't know, probably close to a year now. Um, I just haven't really found too much in the shoes, but yeah, active wear first, then shoes or jeans. Uh, since I have the antique mall, I do go into the hard goods to try and find stuff for that. Cause that's, that's a completely different animal when it comes to sourcing. Um, but I think that's partially what keeps me going also, because even though my booth doesn't do well monetarily, yeah. I just really love sourcing for it. And it's kind of like I'm sourcing for my own house, but my house is too small to fit my stuff. So I'm sourcing for other people's houses that like the same stuff as me. Yeah. And so that part is fun. Well, that part is almost like the hobby for you, right? Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to, once you get to the point where you can figure out your strategies and how you're going to cut down on reselling time, which it can be done. I mean, it just requires you to create the plan and then put it in place as you're hearing. Um, for you, that booth is like, yes, it's technically work because it generates an income, but it's so fun when you, when you find those pieces, you get so excited about it and you're just so excited yeah. to get in the booth for people to buy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning. I have a friend who's starting a um, natural line of candles. She's designing different types of candles with essential oils and, and all natural components to it. So there's no toxins. And part of me is like, you know, I miss just having a hobby. Like outside of working out, outside of the thing, like cooking and cleaning. Like I love to cook. I love to bake. That's, yeah, I guess a hobby, but like, I want something that's not related to anything to do. Yeah. That's just something that's fun. Yeah. But I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's <laughs> hard to find. Was, <laughs> but like my personality is I'm going to go all in and then whatever this other hobby is, I'm going to end up going all in and it's not going to be a hobby anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what that's, I'm afraid the, of. that's exactly how I am. So that's why, like I mentioned, I have addictive personalities. It's all in or not at all for me. And I don't have... I don't have any middle ground in any regard in any any area of my life. That's just not who I am as a person. Right. How do the kids say no chill? Is that what the kids say? No Something like that. I don't know. I don't, We're not cool anymore. Even though I have a teenager, cool. I, I'm not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite understand that lingo. But yes, I, I don't I don't know if I can have a hobby. I think that's where I'm at right now. Is like, can I have a hobby? I don't know. Does reading count as a hobby? Because if if it does, then that's that's really my only hobby right now. I I think watching Instagram reels of cats is my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and sharing them with each other. Yes. I think I consider that my hobby right now because the <laughs> I, I'm I'm very nervous to take up something again and it become what I don't want it to become too because much I've worked so hard to not be in that space anymore yeah um I have a question for you sure would you ever quit your full-time job to resell for reselling mm. uh, I'd have to make probably triple what I make right now so I don't know if that's feasible as a, a one woman show in yeah. a very small house where all my inventory is stored in my equally small shed um, but maybe, 
if I did though, if I ever considered it besides, you know, wanting to save up money first and to make the transition. Um, but I mean, that's, that should be true of anyone who tries to do that. But, um, I, I think I would definitely need to set a strict schedule for myself. Otherwise I would for sure get too overwhelmed and, go back to not having like a work-life balance it would just be work all the time um and I've worked too hard to get out of that mindset to ever go back there and I think that would be really easy to do if I were to quit my full-time job and just rely on reselling um but I honestly I don't know if I ever want to do that um at one point I did for sure want to just be a reseller full-time but I don't like the instability of the income single parent, have a child, have a mortgage, have a new car payment since I just bought myself a new car a couple months ago. And I just, that stress is not for me, (laughs) you know, the mental health aspect is important. And so I think at some, I think I just need to keep a full-time job, not necessarily this specific one, but a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, I think we all as full-time outside of reselling people, uh, full-time workers outside of reselling, I should say, will always consider the idea of reselling full-time, especially when we get good at it. But the reality is it's a lot to give up. It's a lot monetarily benefits. I mean, all those things, the schedule that has that on-off switch and not everyone has an on-off, right? Depending on your role, where you work, but for us, we have an on-off, like it's off. Yeah. 4 p.m. hits and I'm, I don't care what happens. The place could blow up. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. <laughs> um, I know for some people that's not the case, but do I, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'd be so wrapped up in it to the point of like, it would be so unhealthy. I would have, I would never spend time with anyone besides resellers to go thrifting. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it yeah. Would, so like your whole personality basically would be reselling and you'd have nothing else. You know, yeah. I can't do that. Not about that life. No. And I give credit to those who do it, but instability in today's world makes me very, very, very nervous. Um, unless you listen, you could be so, so you could be listening to this and be like the most successful reseller having no problems at all. Listen, I applaud you, but you are the minority in today's world of reselling. Right absolutely the minority um, exception been, not the rule exactly you've been doing this for so long that you have built a capital that like you're good for two or three years that's fantastic the average reseller who we're interacting with is not in that situation um they may have a year's worth maybe of capital they can work with but is that enough when reselling is in such a weird place right now like there's the life selling there's big brands coming in there's a lot of pre-loved websites there's retailers that have pre-loved so like there's a lot of transitioning pieces in here is one year salary enough to keep you afloat with the way the world is I don't have an answer to that I personally would say no right same I, I mean, and reselling in general is not something where you put X amount of work in and you're always for oh, sure yeah. going to get X amount of Please. return. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. I mean, you could work yourself into the ground and still barely get by and it sucks in that way. Uh-huh. But <laughs> the amount you know, of work that we have to put in K right now is like, I don't want to do it. 
This right. is requiring way too much work. The reason why we did this was it was easy. <laughs> yeah, I started just start selling stuff out of your house. No problem. This this right. this is not a problem at all. Yeah, not so much, you it's know, almost six anymore. years in. It's really, really hard. And so for that reason, that we have all these reasons that we've stated, no, I would never in today's world go full time reselling. What I would do is leave my current job for a fully remote position that offers me amazing benefits that they're going to pay for a great 401k or pension plan and unlimited PTO. Yes. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for unlimited PTO. Yes. That in a company that understands today's world and that offers real maternity leave and like all of these things, I would leave my job today for that in a heartbeat. Like that is the, if you are in the corporate world, we'll say, that is what everyone's aspiring to get to. Everyone mm -hmm. wants to be able to have that unlimited PTO. No one ever abuses it. It just allows you that flexibility to take a day off and not have to worry about it, to go on a trip and not worry about um, saving up enough time. Am I going to have enough? I don't know. Am I going to get, is there going to be some type of ramification for me taking a week off? Is this going to come back and bite me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I envy those who have, my sister has that. And I am so envious of her because she works for a great company. They are progressive in a way that is so wonderful to hear. They beg her to take days off. They're like, please take Monday off. Name a place that does that. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I, I lost time during the last acquisition. I lost like eight days a year. And that was, that was tragic for me. But you know, like what, like what happened to me this summer with live and everything and you know, not feeling like I could just drop things and be off. Like she, we went into the hospital with her on a Thursday. I was back at work on Monday. Granted, I am remote 100%. I never go into the office. So I was home, but like, if I felt comfortable enough to take that amount of time off, I would have just spent it at home with my kid, you know, right. instead of trying to worry and focus on work when I had this new stuff that was going on in my life that was infinitely more important than any job could ever be. So having unlimited PTO, that would be, that would be a huge benefit for me. I don't even care if I'm getting a little bit less pay. If I have unlimited PTO, I'm sold. Right. It's so true. And the, and the full-time list uh, resellers are listening to us are like, well, I have unlimited PTO, but do you, but you don't get paid technically. So, right. I mean, like, like one of my best friends works in the union and he has technically unlimited PTO, but he doesn't get any pay. So if he takes time off to travel or do whatever he has to do, he doesn't, he doesn't get any money. So that's kind of the same with reselling, you know, granted you could still have some sales coming in, but it's not exactly the same as, you know, you take a day off from a corporate job and you know that you're going to get paid X amount of dollars for that eight hours of work or whatever it is. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Being a entrepreneur is hard. Being a small business owner in today's world is hard. And I think if you are one of these people and you're trying to grow your reselling business, the I think that the, the number one piece of advice that I could give you is take it slow. <laughs> Don't do what we did. Um, take it slow and really learn the process. Create the efficient systems that you need. Um, do your bookkeeping, do all the things that don't seem fun um, and do it while you're- Block out time if you need to. Mm -hmm. Do it while you're small so that you create such consistent habits that it gets easier when you get to 
you know, a bigger place in your reselling journey, if you even get there. And then find ways to create the boundaries. You just listen to two people who work full time, who have very hectic lives. And we were able to create boundaries, even though it took us a while and it was very hard to do. Um, and something had to kind of push us to do it. Just, we only have 24 hours in a day, but really we're sleeping for some of that time. So the times that you're awake, however long you're awake for, whatever time you wake up and you go to bed, pick blocks of time to do work, to focus on maybe it's cleaning your house, maybe it's going um, for that walk, maybe it's homeschooling. Like we need to get better at organizing our lives and not feeling like we're so inundated with stuff all the time. I hate that yep. feeling. That's why I started doing my to-do list and every day on Instagram, I, I post my story. Yep. I post on my story, a to-do list every single day on Instagram. And I put, you know, a few things and I know I always have one thing on there that I know that I'm likely not going to get to. I don't think I've completed a whole day's worth since I started doing it like what, two weeks ago. Yep. Um, but I I'm very goal oriented. I work well with that when I have like a strict deadline. So I've been doing that every day and it's really helped me. Like today I had run the dishwasher. So my dishwasher, hopefully you guys can't hear it in the background, but it's been running (laughs) this whole time. We've been on this um, podcast, but you know, I have to do those things so that I can keep myself motivated to get things done. Otherwise my house would never be clean. I would never get any of my yard work done. I, you know, my cat would go unfed, <laughs> you know, all, all those, <laughs> all those stupid little, you know, life yep. things that you just forget about because you're so consumed with working or spending time with your family, but they, they need to get done. They're not right. just going to magically disappear, unfortunately. Um, unless I like hire a maid service to come and clean my house every week, but that's more money. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I have to just be realistic about it. And I try to put like list 10 items every day on my to-do list. And I, I left yesterday, I listed four. So, I mean, it, it is but what it is. And just, we're just doing our best. Yeah. Yes. Do your best. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I hope you guys found this episode helpful. Listen to two gals just ramble about life, really. Really comes down to life and how to be real life balanced. Yeah, real life. How to be balanced. Not sugar coated. Not a highlight reel. You know, right? Not an Instagram post about how beautiful everything is and oh my god, I'm making so many sales and there's no context involved in that, right? Yeah. Um, And I think it's been helpful for Kay and myself to surround ourselves with people who in the reselling community who we align with because there's a lot of people in the reselling community, but you got to find your people. And you got to stick with them. Now, it's helpful that I have very close reseller friends that are local. I mean, that's great. I don't have the case for everyone. Um, but having those friendships, I think, are also helpful because people will put you in check. If you're constantly going and there are things happening and you should be paying attention to the more important things, they'll, they'll tell you. They'll be like, mm, all right, stop. You don't need to do this. Go focus on what yep. you need to focus on. Um, so definitely having some type of accountability partner. And it could be, it could be, Someone it doesn't have to be a reseller. It could be someone in your life that could just keep you accountable. But I think any any way to help you stay accountable will help you create those boundaries and then create a better system and flow between reselling and life. Um, yeah. So that's it. Thank you guys for joining in. Um, we'll be back. Thank next you, Daniela, for having me. Anytime. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what we're gonna put out 
next week where we, we are in communications with a company, um, a, a newer company, an extension tool that's out there that we have mentioned. If you're in the Patreon group, we mentioned them before. Um, we may have them on next week or we may wait until next year. So we don't know yet. <laughs> uh, but until then, we will chat soon. Bye.